This is Kenyon Drake, and you listen to Roster Watch. Ladies and gentlemen, Roster Watch Nation, welcome back to the Epic Roster Watch Podcast brought to you by rosterwatch.com. My name is Alex Dunlap here today with the Trash Man in a pre Super Bowl edition of the podcast where we'll talk a little bit about that. Also, some stuff from the Senior Bowl. Also, the skeletons of the best ball cheat sheet, which is going to be available to our pro members at rosterwatch.com, usually around the time that um, best ball leagues open up over there for the MFL 10s. Uh, usually around the time of the Combine. Of course, we will be traveling to the Combine again this year for our ninth straight year. If you're enjoying these podcasts, you're enjoying the frequency with which we're getting them out here on these public feeds, please make sure and give us a five-star rating and review in Apple Podcasts. If you're listening to this and you haven't given us a review yet, you're a freeloader, and we find you disgusting. Right, Trash Man? I don't know if I agree with that. <laughs> Come on, man. Like, you can't freeload. Just go get, just just put it on pause. Give I us mean, it's a, a five star rating. Get us a five star rating in a review. <laughs> All right. At, le- at least, at least, at least the four, four and a half. Yeah. And if you don't, Trash Man says you're, you're, you're a disgusting fucking pig. And those are his exact words for it. Trash Man, you. First about the Super Bowl. So uh, we won't. Everybody's heard too much about the Super Bowl this week. Blah blah blah. Yada yada yada. It's been broken down from every single goddamn angle. Do you have any anything new to to give the people? Anything new to give the people? Um, not really. Just I expect a lot of fireworks from Patrick Mahomes. I yeah. expect a big day from Patrick Mahomes. Well, that's well, that's definitely nothing new. <laughs> That's nothing new. Well, I mean, I mean, considering that the 49ers have arguably the best defense in the NFL, I still think that Mahomes is going to have a big day. It's just one of those things, like we talked about the week that the 49ers played the Saints. You remember like that? And people would call yeah, into the show. Yeah, I, like, I was thinking the exact same thing. Yeah, people would call into the show. They'd be like, should I fade Michael Thomas? or should I? We're like, are, you, are you kidding? This, what this game sets up for is a game where it should, should be a good scoring environment. You know, we've seen that offense, you know, go big this season. I mean, that Saints game is a great example, but we've seen this offense have big outputs. Let me ask you this. Do you think I, that – I will say maybe, maybe, maybe a little uh, Matt Breida action. Why? Just, do, do you think Tevin Coleman's not going to be ready? Uh, I, I, have my, I have my questions about it. I mean, it, it would be that you know, it's the it's the kind of week. I wouldn't be surprised. If, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets re-injured. If he does go, <laughs> that would be the least surprising thing. Uh, that would be the least surprising thing that we've seen yet. Okay, um, and then any 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 predictions like final like I think the Forty ers win. Who do you think wins? Really? Yeah, I think the Chiefs Chiefs win it. You want to bet a Jimmy? I don't John think Jimmy. 
<laughs> sure. Mm-hmm. I don't think Jimmy G is going to be able to get by throwing only eight passes. He's not going to he's not gonna, he's, he's not going to throw eight passes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and if he does, and if, if 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 he does, I guarantee you that San Francisco will not win because Patrick Mahomes can put up like twenty eight points on you in like literally eight minutes. It's just it's unbelievable how quickly that team can attack. And just, I mean, boy, they're built to. Is 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 it finally going to be a, a week where we could play McCole Hardman in in show, like in showdowns as far as DFS? Is or is I we think keep lighting our money? I think fire? that's pretty much. That's pretty much any week. I mean, like, McCall Harmon, he, if somebody does go off unexpectedly on a big play, it's probably, probably going to be him. I mean, he's popped off every few weeks. You, do, you know, clockwork. do you know a guy at the Senior Bowl who was, like, pop, clockwork that popped off every single day, every single route, every single play? Was it, my, was it the guy I liked the most? It was Denzel Mims from Baylor. It was. It was. Can you I, I, believe I, I, it? Our last podcast. Our last podcast. We talked about who I like, who we liked the most, and I gave the edge to Denzel Mims. I, I, I felt like he was, he was the guy. He's going to be a second round pick, trash man. <laughs> I, mean, I, I believe it. Yeah, I believe it. It was. The, I don't know. I, I, it just it validates. It validates sitting around watching papers. For as long as I have, it's just I think uh, I don't know. I think he's the guy. Yeah, well, it's it was just interesting. Out of, out of yeah, I I think I still like Brian Edwards a little bit better. So I I've I've ranked now fourteen of these guys because we've done now prospects on we've done prospect reviews on Brian Edwards of South Carolina, Denzel Mims of Baylor, Michael Pittman Jr. of USC, Van Jefferson of Florida, Colin Johnson of Texas. Devin Duvernay of Texas, Chase Claypool of Notre Dame, and Kalijah Lipscomb of Vanderbilt. And at the Senior Bowl, I got to see also see a couple of guys. For one, Trash Man, I don't I don't want you to even write anything up about um, Courtney Davis or Tyree Cleveland. I don't know if they were even on your initial list. We don't we we don't need anything on on these guys. I'm also thinking that maybe Antonio Gandy Golden. I'm not sure we do. Maybe we do because some people really like him, um, but. As I put this ranking together, I still have Brian Edwards just ahead of Denzel Mims, and I I have Michael Pittman sort of up there in that group too as my top three. Now I haven't done any juniors yet. The players that the only players that I've ranked so far are the players that uh, have been at the Senior Bowl plus Brian Edwards, who was supposed to be the Senior Bowl in preparation for it. But I've got to see all the guys at the Senior Bowl. I've watched a good amount of tape on all of them. So with Brian Edwards, Denzel Mims, Michael Pittman, right at the very top of all these guys for me. How do you? How do you? Yeah, I have a feeling that once I start watching the CD Lambs of the world, I know that when I watch CD Lamb, you know the junior uh, out of Oklahoma, he's gonna he's gonna be over all these guys. Jerry Judy will likely be over all these guys from Alabama. T. Higgins from Clemson. Like we'll start getting into these players, trash men that are almost at a different level because they're co- they're coming out as juniors, and you don't come out as a junior unless you're really sick, right? But I feel like Brian Edwards, Denzel Mims, and Michael Pittman Jr. are going to be a tier of their own here. And right now, as far as the players that I've evaluated so far, sort of the guys at the at the definitely the guys at the very top. How do you sort out those guys? Um, you you wrote up Michael Pittman Jr. 
And I added all my thoughts in, as anybody can go read over at rosterwatch.com if you, if, if you have a pro membership about, you know, Trashman writes up the initial write-up. I add in all of my thoughts as well as stuff like the market team share numbers and uh, you know, different insights that I've picked up. You thought that your comparison for Michael Pittman Jr. was Kenny Galladay. And I think that that's a pretty good comparison, yeah. six foot three and seven eighths inches, two hundred and nineteen pounds. So maybe a little bit slimmer than Galladay was coming in, but the but the length and the height and just the way his body looks, which is funny because his dad is such a rocked up fucking you know beast of a man that Michael Pittman would right. be kind of this guy that's um, Michael Pittman Jr. is kind of this guy that's sleek and long with these long arms and. A different kind of, you know, just a different looking dude than, than his than his dad. It was like a Mr. Universe. Uh, how do you stack these guys up? Denzel Mims, Brian Edwards. And, because you said that Denzel Mims, you just thought he was a Devontae Parker. He can catch the moon. And you were way out ahead of that one. I mean, I was telling our friend Matt Kelly, the podfather that was there at the Senior Bowl with us, that this is a trash man special right here. Denzel Mims, we'll keep an eye on him. Everybody's kind of making fun of, you know, the trash man special. And all of a sudden we're like, well, holy shit, trash man was on to something because he was the best wide receiver there that week. With that being said, I'm not sure he's the better prospect when we consider Pittman and when we consider Edwards. How do you like these three players? How do you see them shaking out to like what? Like, how does that work for you? Well, I feel like if you wanted a guy who was put a, put a guy on your team today in the NFL, like start tomorrow, start at the Super Bowl this Sunday. I think probably Pittman might be the guy who you want in that situation. I think he's the most NFL ready of that group. Um, I think I, I think I might. I, I, th- I think I've. I think I kind of agree. He's the smoothest. He seems polished. He's got the size I think he's got that the you best like. Yeah. And so, I mean, if we're talking about that, then I'd say Pittman's probably the safest pick there. Um, I feel like if you, if you want somebody who's got the upside, who you feel like you, you want out there, out there for one play, and to me, that's Mim. And, and, I think, and I think Edwards is kind of a, maybe a combination of that. You know, you know he's, not, he's not as polished as Pittman, but he's got some dog in him. So, I... You know that that's the, that's the that's the kind of the way that I that I would that I would stack them out. You know, if I was if I was had a D, had a DFS play, I had to play it would probably be Mims. You know, um, but if I had like maybe perhaps like a PPR play that I wanted, I would I would I would maybe go with um, Edwards in that situation. So that's I mean I think it would depend on the situation. Well, it's, it also or, depends. And what are you talking about on, for a DFS play? It, it depends on where they go. Right. It depends on where they right. go. Like if one of these guys goes to a spot where he has a chance, I think any one of those three that we talked about has a definite chance to go to a spot where they're going to they're going to start as a number two or a number three. But they're going to be able to ascend to a true alpha within the offense just based on the skills they have. And I, I can't believe how deep this wide receiver class is this year. Trash, man. I mean, the, the running back class got took the hits with Chuba Hubbard leaving or Chuba Hubbard deciding not to leave Oklahoma State. Travis Etienne. Uh, d- d- deciding to go back. Um, oh, who were there? There was oh, Najee Harris decided to go back. So the running backs, well, we thought was going to be an unbelievably stacked class. Still is pretty, pr- still pretty stacked with a bunch of these guys coming out. But 
losing a little bit of steam there. We could have like 20 wide receivers go in the top 100 of this draft. We could have like 20 wide, 15 to 20 wide receivers having either round one or round two draft capital. The teams are going to want to get involved early and often. It's just going to be a huge infusion of wide receiver talent. And so, so just, I think as we kind of break through these tiers, I just, as we go through it, I just want to make sure that we don't forget what it is that we love about these players. And with Michael Pittman Jr., you know, I, I think I, I think what I love about him is I think you're right. I think out of the box, he comes with the NFL pedigree. He comes with the polish. He comes with the um, the ability to separate in all kinds of different ways that you, you maybe feel most solid about just not being a bust. Right. But Denzel Mims goes to he's from Baylor. He goes to the senior bowl. He has the longest arms of any of these wide receivers at the whole goddamn senior bowl, except for Chase Claypool, who just is only one quarter of an inch longer. And Chase Claypool is six foot four and three eighths, whereas Denzel Mims is only six foot two and three quarters. So uh, Denzel Mims has the hands of a man two inches, three inches bigger than he is. And he has the. He basically has the the I'm sorry the arms of a man who has long arms and who's two to three inches taller than he is. His arms like you know he's the kind of guy where the you know the tips of his fingers are down there by by his knees and he really can go up and catch it. He has all kinds of range on him for days and if he does run something in the four or five ish range, uh, boy I I think it's going to be a definite you know definite day two pick possibly a second round pick there. For Denzel Mims, it'll just be how he how he continues through the process. I just my out of these three guys at the very top, I just I can I can justify putting any of them at number one. I I I think I think for now I have it: Brian Edwards, Denzel Mims, Michael Pittman Jr. I'm not sure that's right. That's bound to change through the process. But I like to have these kinds of conversations as we go through the process so I can go back and listen to them and make sure I'm not, I'm not forgetting what it was that I, you know, that I had, I had my original thoughts when these guys' performances from the senior bowl were still really clear in my head when I juxtaposed those versus what we've seen on tape and versus the college production. Because, when, because whenever we look at the college production, Brian Edwards in the context of the South Carolina offense was more productive than any of these guys, a little bit, a little bit more than Denzel Mims, who has a, basically a 34% production metric within the roster watch production metric. Brian Edwards was at 36, Michael Pittman Jr. at 29. So just – those three guys to me is an enigma. It's going to be tough to figure out. But, but between them, I wish I could have seen Brian. Mims, was Mims, had, Mims, Mims had Mims had half of his team's touchdowns. Well, and that's what really buoys uh, receiving. Right, know. right. But only twenty four percent of the team's uh, receiving yards, and only twenty nine percent of the team's uh, receptions, or twenty four percent of the team's receptions, twenty nine percent of the team's receiving yards. Whereas Brian Edwards was twenty six and thirty one percent. Michael Pittman Jr. is at twenty eight and twenty nine percent. But Michael Pittman Jr., the problem was only 31% of the team's touchdowns. Brian Edwards also, also caught 50% of his team's touchdowns. But like I said, it was within the context of that South Carolina offense that only scored 12 touchdowns through the air last year. So right. his, six, his six touchdowns gives him the same juice as Denzel Mims had with, with, with his 12. So that's also something to consider. Whenever you watch Devin Duvernay, what did you think with him? Because coming into the week of the Senior Bowl, I had – you know, we've watched Duvernay in this last year when they finally moved him into the slot. Um, that same role that little Jordan Humphrey really 
thrived in in his junior season at Texas before stupidly leaving as a junior to go on to be undrafted and barely make the New Orleans Saints roster. Devin Duvernay thrived in that role, especially with Colin Johnson being injured a whole lot of the time. He caught 106 balls for 1,386 yards and nine touchdowns and just ran around looking like a running back um, with the ball in his hands, one of the best yards after catch of anybody in college football. And just a a guy that looks like he wears fucking armor out there. Uh, Texas State track champion as a senior in high school, so you know that he's going to run in the four threes. But you get to the senior bowl, I figure a guy that catches just everything the way that Devin does in practice, a guy that's faster than everybody the way he is at practice, a guy that can separate so easily the way he does at practice. I said this is a guy that's going to blow up Mobile. He had one of the quietest weeks of anybody there, Trash Man. I'm just I'm wondering – I haven't read your initial write-up of DuVernay or added any of my thoughts into it yet. Uh, just wondering where you were with him just based on the film and your study of him uh, with, without getting, you know, without having any of this senior bowl stuff really filter in. Uh, well, I thought, I mean, I agreed that he looked like a running back who catches passes, but I, I didn't think that maybe he separates quite as well as you think he does. I mean, well, I don't think he has to really face the press that much. I don't I, – I feel like he ran a pretty limited uh, route tree um, playing the slot. I feel like he didn't – I mean, he, he ran a lot of team uh, uh, routes. I feel like he didn't have to face a lot of man coverage. So I think maybe he's just not quite as um, used to doing that as some of those other guys are. Um, and like you, like you said, yeah, he's definitely got the wheels. I think he's more, I think more of his speed, more of his pop is implemented after the catch. Um, but I mean, I like him, but I just, I think he needs, he needs to work on his mechanics a little bit. And I think he, he just kind of, he's kind of more of just, uh, he's an, he's an explosive player. He's kind of like a, uh, a, I want to say, say careless, but I want to say he's just like, he just kind of, uh, he relies on his athleticism. I feel like he, he, he kind of, uh, he improvises. And I think maybe that, that, you know, that senior bowl kind of regimented, um, workouts, the kind of workouts, maybe that just didn't lend to his talent, talent as much. I mean, he started out with the first group. They were playing him at the Z wide receiver position, which I thought was interesting for the Bengals staff that they weren't playing him in the slot where he was, where he had his breakout year finally in his senior year at Texas, uh, they were playing some of this big slot stuff with these guys like Juwan Jennings from Tennessee and stuff. And it was, it was just, it was interesting. Devin DuVernay actually was the first target of the team drills on Tuesday. And it was the most egregious on Devin DuVernay like drop I've ever seen in my life. And it was felt like sort of like the harbinger of what was going to come for the rest of the week. Not that he was continuing to drop balls, but it's just, he was, he wasn't popping off the way that, like, he wasn't popping off like Denzel Mims or Michael Pittman Jr. or any of these guys, which is just so, so hard for me to believe for a guy that coming into the week. I mean, and it's, it's not like I'm changing my comp. I really, he, it's funny. He told us that, you know, he models his game after Debo Samuel, which was interesting. Well, that was my comp. That was my that comp. That was my comp, too. It was my, so obviously that's an easy comp. If you and I both came to that comp independently yeah. and he says he models his game after him, that's, you know, it's a pretty good comp. Debo Samuel and Devin Duvernay. 
Um, but that kind of you know Golden Tate like you know De- Debo Samuel type player. I, I think I think Duvernay can. I think he could be that kind of player. I mean, he comes from a he comes from a very athletic family. His first cousin is is Kyler Murray. You know, like these 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 guys have been balling out for a long time. They've been elite in all kinds of different sports for their whole lives. Um, from there in that there in that doubt, I think that it's, I, it's I, think he, I think he's a, I think he's a, he's a game day he's a game day guy. I think he's a guy yeah, that could be of, it. You know? That could be it. That could be it. And I, I think that his stock is going to rise a little bit. Not with me, because I'm already baking into my evaluation of Devin DuVernay that he's fast, right? Fast guys run fast. I'm not going to double count this whenever he runs a 4.38. I'm not going to boost him up yeah, yeah. when he does that. If, now, if he runs a 4.47, I'm going to move him down, right? But I, I, but I think in the minds of the general fans, whenever they get, in, whenever they get a whiff of uh, this dude running in the 4.3s or something, they're going to go back and watch the tape. They're not going to care that it was a quiet senior bowl, and we'll see his draft stock rise. I, I think that's that could, that could be how it goes, but for me, I kind of still have him in this area where I don't like. Do you like Devin Duvernay better than Van Jefferson? Um, it's it's hard again. They're, just, they're two different kinds of players. I feel like well, Van Jefferson they, is the at the end of the day, Trashman. You're gonna have to fucking rank these guys. Like I'm just trying to go through it. Right. Like, I'm trying to kind of rank them as I go a little bit, and I'm just I, I have trouble with the three at the very top of the guys I've done so far. If, if, with if, Brian I, Edwards. if I'm talking about if I'm talking about consistent fantasy production, like on a regular basis, to me Van Jefferson has the has the edge on him right now. Van Jefferson looked good out there, man, and it's just like it's just like what we thought he was. He's just he's just such a technician. Did 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 we ever talk about him maybe being a little bit like Tyler Boyd? I I think that that's a kind of a nice. I'm going to add that it's one of my cons because I talked about him being a little bit like a Rashard Higgins. You said you liked him even a little bit to like a Michael Thomas, which I said was cockamamie because he's so much smaller and he doesn't have the same sort of burst as him. But I'll tell you this, man. He he was always like. He was always open, kind of like a Michael Thomas over the middle and all of these posts are out. Like, he, he could separate like none of these guys that weren't named K.J. Hill, who I'll be interested to see what you think about K.J. Hill when you do him from o- o- Ohio State. I, I don't know who you're planning to do next, but that would be an interesting one for sure uh, to kind of hear your thoughts on, on, on that guy. Um, and then finally, did you uh, – are you surprised at all to think that maybe Colin Johnson had the better week at the senior bowl with people just seeing how he moved and stuff like that, but not necessarily too enamored with him being able to go up and get like, he, he didn't show any ability to go up and get it or win the contested catch or anything like that. And trash man, Colin Johnson came in with eight and three quarters inch hands. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> yeah. <I thought> that. <laughs> Can you believe it? Um, yeah. I mean, well, I'm not terribly surprised by, because well, he's a finesse player and he's got good footwork. So I feel like, you know, in drills, things like that, I think he's going to show up. I mean, I think he's going to be going to be a sound player. That's for exactly me, it, right. It That's exactly it, right. It, you had this peg from the, the very beginning. This. Yeah, you had this peg from the very beginning. You had this peg from the very beginning. It's like the like like the people who'd never seen Colin Johnson, who never watched him, who never like they're like, holy shit, he moves well for a big man. Like, look at his feet. Like, look at the way he moves. But then you're like, whoa, what does he do with that big ass body of his? Uh, you know, that's the next thing you yeah. think, and that's and that's where the that's where the trouble starts. Yeah, I just don't know if he's going to be aggressive enough to to, to 
really do much in the NFL. I mean, or to be or to excel like a player of his his size and talent could. All right, I'm going over here the first version of the uh, best ball cheat sheet that we're going to put up at rosterwatch.com probably at some point before the combine because I like to update this thing through the combine as we're getting to talk to the uh, head coaches and the GMs and gaining intel about what they're thinking about for next year. Trash me, I tweeted it out yesterday when I wrote down Josh Jacobs' name. It's going to take a long time to get used to writing Josh Jacobs um, or, you know, uh, Darren Waller, comma, LV, right? I took right. like I was I, I kept I, I kept wanting to write Oak, and um, you realize that that's going to be different next year. But uh, wait, so let me ask you this: There's some people I, who might who might still be writing L.A. Go ahead. Yeah, right. Um, I think that the running backs at the very top and the one wide receiver out of this big sort of this big kind of seven at the top with. I, you can look at it in, in any way, but if you go by ADPs, Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley. Um, then it's kind of Zeke Elliott or Michael Thomas. And then for a lot of people, it goes Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara. Then you can have the discussion like, do you go Nick? After those guys are off the board, and maybe even with Kamara, uh, how, do you, how, do you, how, do you, how do you make nuts and bolts of Nick Chubb versus Aaron Jones? Um, Aaron Jones clearly had the big year this year. I believe, I think he set the touchdown record, took Amon Green's record for rushing touchdowns on the season for the Green Bay Packers. But it was so off and on, and Jamal Williams was hurt for a lot of that time. I'm wondering if he kind of remains sort of a bell cow and just keeps going, or whether it's just another banana in the tailpipe with that with Aaron Jones, and he's going to have these games where he scores his four fantasy points, and these games where he scores his 32.5 fantasy points. And it's just a tough commodity to, to trust every week. Whereas Nick Chubb, I, I'm expecting the Browns offense to bounce back next year. I think they'll be better yeah. next year with better coaching. And I think Kareem Hunt could fucking be finding his way out of the league with all this late, late, all this bullshit with an open vodka bottle in his car and finding weed in there and stuff like that. I, I might feel more comfortable with Nick Chubb than Aaron Jones. And that's not how the early ADPs for FFPC drafts are going right now. Yeah, he seems like a safer play right now. I feel like, and I feel like Green Bay's passing game, I feel like it's not going to be that bad next year. I feel like they're going to have, they're going to figure out, figure out some things there. I, I, I don't see them being that bad in the, in the passing game this, this coming season. And I feel like Nick Chubb, he's just like on a, like on a day to day on a week to week basis. I feel a little bit safer. Playing close. Do you feel safer with Joe Mixon than Aaron Jones, considering that the Bengals will likely be drafting Joe Burrow, who's you know looks to be really awesome? Um, they'll be getting back Jonah uh, Jonah Williams, who was the t- their first round tackle last year, who we loved as one of the top tackle prospects in the in the draft out of Alabama. But he tore his he tore his ACL or it was ACL or MCL in preseason, wasn't able to play. That offensive line was miserable. Do you think that Mixon? Uh, what uh, do you take Aaron Jones above Mixon? I I mean Mixon really came on the last quarter of the season. I feel like yeah. I mean he he, he but he was kind of the Bengals offense at that point. I like like I mean it, them getting Burrows. I think it only bodes well for him. I think. 
you kind of have to who who has the better offense at that Jaren point. Darren Jones, right? It's Aaron and I Jones. feel like it's Darren Jones. Yeah, I mean, and that's what the ADPs would would say. I just wonder, as we're making the cheat sheet, I mean, with the what, what the cheat sheet is is leverage against ADP, and maybe it's something where we just split that tie with having Jones above Mixon, maybe just having Mixon a little bit higher than higher than the consensus, so we get a little bit more of him, and maybe just get a little bit less of less of Aaron Jones. Not that we want to be fading him, but um, just as far as kind of the you know kind of. How, how, how the construction goes. All right, Trashman, I, I, I know you got to get out of here soon, so let's just go over this last tier of running backs. And you t- my question, my, the, one, the big discrepancy I see is I feel like, I don't know, I might have Jacobs over Fournette at this point. Jacobs? I know, I know Fournette gets the touches, but it was, I just, the upside, I didn't, we, see, I didn't see a lot of upside this past season. Well, just I, go ahead. In, just in a, in a, in a lot of these best, but like FFPC and MFL tens or, or one point PPR, and Josh Jacobs just doesn't catch. Whereas Leonard Fournette was one of the most targeted, you know, heavily used running backs in the league last year as far as a receiving weapon. And now we know that the coaching staff, it, it, you know, they're not going to not not that much is going to be changing as far as the, you know, the regime and the coaching staff. And, you know, we have to find out soon. Like, we're already at the time where they're going to have to decide whether they're going to take out, of, out the fifth-year option on Leonard Fournette. If they don't do that, he's going to be motivated. I just I, – I could, I could move Jacobs over Fournette. I mean, that's something I'm going to take into consideration. I'd, I'd like to ask Byron about that too. That, that's a good point. That's, that's, a, that's a little spot there that we can definitely continue to – I think they should be back to back for sure because I feel like after those guys, I don't care what anybody says. It feels like a drop off to me to this next tier, and I just, I want to hear what you think. Just your quick thoughts about how these guys stack up. Miles Sanders. I mean, are drafters really talking about taking Miles Sanders as the pick at the end of the second round? Um, I guess Josh Jordan Howard will be gone next year, but boy, it just feels like they're just so committed to a committee. We had Boston Scott kind of continue to come on last year for Philly. We have Kenyon Drake in this area who, if we got what, if we can, if we can guarantee what we're going to get out of him to end last season, to start next season, and there's no David Johnson sort of rebounding swindles, we're probably good, right? But uh, can we really count on that? Then there's Todd Gurley, who there's continues to be questions swirling around. There's Melvin Gordon, who we don't know what team he's going to even be on next year. There's Devin Singletary, who I really like and think, you know, the spot where he's going right now more kind of mid-third-ish, you know, late to mid-third round. Could represent a real good value there with uh, Frank Gore, you know, fading out of existence. And then the, the other guy here in this tier, before we get to the next group, even before we get to the Le'Veon Bells and the James Connors and the Chris Carsons of the world, is Austin Eckler, who, you know, we don't even know that he's going to – what if they bring back Melvin Gordon? So, like, how do you – how do you see these guys shaking out? And should they really be in a tier of their own? These kinds of Miles Sanders, Kenyon Drake, Todd Gurley, Melvin Gordon, Devin Singletary, Austin Eckler. I'm not saying that's how we're going to have them, but should they really be in a tier? Should these guys really be in a tier as they're drafted right now in FFPC early best ball leagues above the guys like Le'Veon Bell and James Conner and stuff, Chris Carson? I mean, if you're just talking purely about upside, I feel like, Drake and Sanders are in that conversation for sure, and even Singletary, really. Um, I mean, like Drake, if if Drake produces on a level like he did 
at the end of the season, I mean, he's arguably a first-round pick.